BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on inside the MRN HQ here in Concord, North Carolina. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast, where we break down all things NASCAR Regional. Yes, not Roots anymore, if you missed last week's episode. NASCAR Regional. And boy, we have a lot to talk about as uh, your host, Chris Wilner, here in Concord, North Carolina. Of course, out in Connecticut, our own Kyle Ricky. Hey, Rick, Speed Weeks is officially over. We didn't think we'd get it over. Heck, we're recording this episode Wednesday following, and there was a chance we were going to race today with the way Mother Nature was just trying to stall everything out in Daytona and, and around that area, but we got it all in. Wild, to say the least, whether you were talking about stuff going on at New Smyrna and, of course, at the big track at Daytona. Have you recovered from all of that action uh, in Daytona? I have recovered, but I was not in the same position as, say, Mike Bagley was on the back straightaway yes. until 2 a.m. for the ARCA race or uh, Dylan Welch out in turn four, Dave Moody in turn one. They had some long days, uh, nine, ten hours at a time up there. Um, but you mentioned NASCAR Regional. You're right. Uh, everything was confined to one region of the country last week, and that was down in central Florida. Uh, a lot of schedule shuffling. We saw it at the big track. We saw it at the short track at New Smyrna, moving the big pro late model race from Saturday to Friday, knowing that there was going to be rain. So um, a lot happened here in the last uh, seven days, and about to recap it all. We will indeed, and of course a lot happened over the weekend at Daytona, we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. We will have our first winner of the 2024 NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour season. Of course, that is your defending champion, Ron Silk. He'll be joining us in segment number two. But let's start there, Kyle, and all the recap of the action at New Smyrna. World Series of Asphalt is obviously one of the biggest events of the year. It's my favorite time because that's when we get to see pretty much everybody when it comes to super late models and modifieds just about across the country convene on New Smyrna for nine days, although it's condensed to eight, of racing over the last couple of weeks. And it all wrapped up over the weekend on Thursday and Friday. Of course, let's talk about Thursday. And we talked about this young man last year a lot, Brent Cruz. I think he's starting to make a name for himself now on the pavement side of things, of course, has had a heck of a career when it comes to dirt racing and TA2 Trans Am road racing, but super late models are starting to become his thing as he teams up with KHI again this year for a full-time effort, but goes out and wins after going second, 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 and he takes the uh, super late model championship of the World Series of Asphalt. Can't say enough about this young phenom who continues to get better, barely 16 years of age, Kyle. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's very, very young and, and doing very well for his age. Like you mentioned, just barely 16 years old. Uh, doing well against some other young phenoms in, in Gio Ruggiero, Connor Jones. All uh, put on a good show out there over the course of the week for the Super Late Models. A very clean five, I think they raced five nights uh, total for the Supers. And uh, didn't really tear up a whole lot of cars. There were about 25, 30 of them out there each and every week. I think the first race started with 35 cars. And uh, for the most part, uh, minimal cautions. Uh, they ran their big 100-lapper with just one yellow, a minor spin midway. 
good competition. And uh, yeah, Brent Cruz is going to be a young kid that th I think we're going to be following up that ladder system that we talked to Joey about uh, last week. Uh, the, the ladder system, the move into the upper leagues in NASCAR, and, and Brent is no doubt on his way. 100%. We saw him last year, of course, take part in a couple ARCA starts, picked up his first win and just his second start at Springfield. Of course, that was on the dirt. So uh, keep an eye on Brent Cruz for sure. Again, three second place finishes plus that win in the Orange Blossom 100, securing him the super late model title. Uh, great runs for Connor Jones, Connor, uh, Gio Ruggiero as well, and the like. So uh, keep an eye on Brent Cruz. We get some of these Marquise uh, super late model events coming up. And of course, he'll be chasing the Cars Tour late model stock championship as well. To the Modifieds, they had another great event with the uh, Tour Type Modifieds, I should say. Matt Hirschman on Thursday winning yet again. I believe that was win number two of eventually three what? on his uh, Modified season. But Big Money Matt was a little quiet early in the week, Kyle, but things seemed to turn around once, you know, Ryan Priest had a, his NASCAR commitments, of course. But he still had to duel it out with some of the best, including our own Ron Silk. Yeah, Ron Silk won early in the week. Uh, Ryan Priest won also early in the week on night number two. Uh, Silk left. Uh, Priest went to the big track, and Matt Hirschman was, you know, I don't want to say unchallenged, but it made it a bit easier for him to win the uh, the John Blue at the third Memorial 76 lapper on Wednesday night, the standard 50 lap event on Thursday night, and then the Richie Evans 100, which is an event that he has dominated for the better part of the last Almost decade now, I feel like, uh, to wrap up uh, Speed Weeks down there in New Smyrna for the Modifieds. Untouchable, Ronnie Williams could stay with him at, at points. Eric Goodale could stay with him at points. A lot of great competition, another good field of cars. But uh, when it was all said and done, we're talking about Matt Hirschman winning another week-long championship and another Richie Evans 100. That's right. He picked up that win on Friday to secure his fifth World Series of Asphalt Championship. Of course, Ryan Priest was able to come back Friday, finishing in the fourth spot. Three modified wins, as we mentioned, Kyle, for Matt Hirschman. What kind of mojo does that give you going into the season? Obviously, we get a little bit of a break before we start talking about the tour resuming at the end of March. Of course, Smart Modified Tour, Tri-Track, things like that. But when you walk away with three wins in the month of February, it's got to be pretty good. No, absolutely. It gives you great motivation to go into wherever Matt shows up. And that's the, the fun thing about Matt's schedule is you have no idea where he's going to end up. There's all these big modified races over the course of, of the summer here in the Northeast. And he doesn't really run for a championship much outside of the Monaco Modified Tri-Track Series, which is a traditionally a six-event schedule up here, expanding to eight this year. But other than that, really has never run for the NASCAR Tour. So whenever he shows up, uh, a lot of momentum now based on what he's done here in February. He's the guy to beat. I can also tell you that there were some teams that didn't make it out of New Smyrna in, uh, in very good standings with each other. I know there's some teams that fell apart. That can almost hurt you uh, just as much going into, you know, the month of March and, and really, you know, once the summer months get underway, uh, if you start off uh, say on the trailer at New Smyrna or just have a really bad five nights. Uh, it might be a bit harder to climb out of that hole. For sure. They'll have a little bit of time, as Kyle mentioned. Usually March things get going, of course, with the tour resuming March 29th at Richmond. But uh, have some time to lick your wounds and get your cars back ready to go for a full season of racing. We'll recap uh, the final kind of 
group that we were following all week long, of course, the pro late models. Dawson Sutton seemed to dominate early part of the week, picking up multiple feature wins, but it was George Phillips on Friday night when they moved that pro late model finale from Saturday to Friday, picking up the heart-to-heart uh, -heart 100 back-to-back -back wins, as I mentioned, after Dawson Sutton pretty much seemed to have the pro late model field uh, wrapped up earlier in the week. Katie Hedinger having a nice World Series of Asphalt yep. as well, once again after her triumph last year. Yeah, nice top five run back last Thursday night. Uh, followed it up, I think, with a seventh in, in the 100 lapper on Friday night. I think the biggest bummer of the week for me uh, was the start of the Thursday race when they had 29 cars take the green flag. And I think they piled in 17 of them on the front straightaway going into turn number one. And unfortunately, it really shortened the field for Friday night. I think just 15 or 16 cars took the green flag uh, for their biggest event of the week on Friday night. So um, it was a bummer, but overall very competitive week for the, uh, like you mentioned, the pro late models, George Phillips picking up the win, Hunter Wright having a, a great five nights as well. So uh, good feel the cars to start. Unfortunately, uh, not all of them, like we mentioned earlier, uh, wrapped up the week. World Series of Asphalt is in the books out at New Smyrna Speedway. And before we get to our break, a little bit of news did come out as well. The Smart Modified Tour announcing a crown jewel to kick off their season at the end of March. 20000 to win King of the Midwest event. That's going to bring a ton of teams to the Smart Tour Modified Opener at South Boston Speedway. So keep an eye on that March 23rd. All right, Kyle, we've got our defending NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour champion, Ronnie Silk, joining us. He's standing by so we got to take a quick break roll right back with the defending champ and your winner out at new smyrna speedway ron silk next on nascar coast to coast for three decades racing electronics has been the number one choice for scanners headsets and all race day communications needs racing electronics provides the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate nascar fan hear uncensored communication from every team in the race with a scanner from racing electronics or tune into the mrn radio broadcast to learn more visit racingelectronics.com today be race ready bre equipped yet again for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, your defending series champion, Ron Silk. Ron, appreciate you joining us. How's the recovery going after an incredible uh, week or week and a half, I should say, of racing down there? Uh, huge nights for tour-type mods and, of course, the season opener. So are you recovered yet, ready to go for the rest of the year? Yeah, um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I didn't spend the whole uh, week down there following the tour race. We ended up coming back on uh, after Tuesday night, so... I've kind of had a chance to get, uh, you know, back acclimated to the cold here in Connecticut and, um, yeah, ready to get going. Bring us through that uh, opening win for you at New Smyrna Speedway uh, just over a week or so ago. Uh, good field of cars, good competition at the front, a lot of familiar faces at the front of the field. You and Justin battling it out there for the win late. Yeah, um, good turnout, uh, you know, competitor-wise and fans-wise. It was great the uh you know new Smyrna speedway packed again and uh yeah justin and i just can't really get away from each other i think we qualified right next to each other and um you know raced hard towards the end so we'll see if that's a, a thing a sign of things to come again this season 
I know we talked last year, you kind of pinpointed the win at New Smyrna, really kickstarting that championship effort. Was anything, did anything feel different? Did you guys just have a good notebook going into this year, obviously coming off of last year's win, but uh, what did it feel like now getting now two in a row in terms of season openers to kickstart your season? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great way to, uh, to start the year off, obviously. Um, but it just kind of like uh, gets everybody rolling on our team and, and we had high expectations. So to go and execute a, a good race, uh, it just, it just feels good and it makes everyone eager to get to the next race. So, um, it's always nice to start on a high note and, uh, a lot, you know, obviously we're racing, uh, the entire series with a goal to, to try and win a championship and it's too early to really think about that at all, but it's a nice way to get, you know, it's a, good way to get the season started for sure what clicks with you and that racetrack you've mentioned now back-to-back wins there you did well in the the early tour type modified events during the week uh what do you like about that place um i I think it's a great racetrack the layout of it the half mile you know high banked um that really fast racetrack i think uh i've raced there a lot i think the first time i went down there i was uh 16 years old with my family owned SK car. So it's just, uh, I don't know. I always have a good feeling when I go there, it's great to be, uh, racing in, in Florida in February, uh, get out of the cold up here and, and have, you know, won a quite, quite a few races there over the years. It's just, uh, somewhere I always look forward to going to. It was interesting, Ron, during the, the, the wheel and modified tour season opener to follow the pit strategy, kind of walk me through the decision to pit early and then even late in the race, when when Beers and Kobe stayed out, you guys decided to pit was the winning call. But how much conversations going on, or was that kind of the game plan ahead of time? Is is to take advantage of those pit opportunities? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the race is some pretty close to being able to make it on fuel. So if you can go even twenty laps at the beginning, and there's an early yellow, um, we knew if we took fuel at that point that we'd be able to get to the end. And it's it's a uh, it's a little bit risky because it you go from fourth on the racetrack to, to 20th. Uh, but you just know that everyone has to still pit for fuel and, and you don't. So uh, luckily we didn't get involved in any, uh, you know, we didn't pay the price for having bad track position after we did that. It, it guaranteed us good track position after they all pitted. And then, you know, the last restart with, you know, the caution came out right around 20 to go. It was certainly nerve wracking to, uh, to pit from the lead at that point because you just don't know who's going to follow you down pit road but uh you know my crew chief phil moran made that call and it, it was the right call mostly everyone followed us down except beers and kobe and you know i just we had such a good car restarting third behind those two guys those guys had a tire disadvantage um you know i knew i was sitting in a pretty good spot right there so just really happy that it all worked out you mentioned a bit ago that you did not run the full week of tour type modified action at new Smyrna, but did well in the races that you competed in, including picking up another win to kick off the week on Monday night for the tour type mods. Um, is it harder to leave the racetrack after three nights of success? Uh, you know, instead of saying a mid pack run. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I think we were all pretty much ready to leave. Um, okay. Saturday for the four race was an extremely long day at the racetrack. And um, Monday and Tuesday were pretty long days, too. I think, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I was a little younger, I would have been trying to talk everyone into staying, but I was kind of ready to get out of there, too. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't blame you. That that's an incredible amount of time that and dedication you spend down there. But uh, we talk about momentum, Ron. You know, throughout the season and and things like that. But when you have the momentum you did coming off of a championship, then you have this long off season, then you get back after it in February and you pick up right when you left off. Is it safe to say you probably have the most momentum that you've had in, in quite a long time in your career? Yeah, I, certainly probably ever in my career. Um, this is a, a great opportunity I have with my team. Um, you know, I have fantastic owners in Tyler Haight and Joe Yanone and, um, you know, a, a crew chief whose record is uh, – second to none when it comes to modified. So um, I'm trying to do everything I can to have this be as, uh, you know, successful as possible. Um, those guys are working on the cars all the time up there. I try and spend a lot of time with them because I enjoy it and, and um, you know, want to be a part of, of what's going on. So we just got to uh, keep working hard. You know, I don't think, I think we did a good job of, of not being complacent over the wind, over the winter. We all worked really hard to, try and improve what we had last year and and it's off to a good start hopefully we can keep it rolling Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel from fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane the highest octane on the market performance is what Sunoco does all Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR here for Ryan Blaney four tires with Sunoco fuel from the track to your tank you can trust sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak last week we had joey denowitz on the show to talk about all things nascar regional including the modifieds and uh, an adjustment with the schedule this year back to 16 races instead of the i believe 19 from a year ago is there a magic number for the number of races that you'd like to see is, is is 16 kind of that sweet spot that should attract pretty good field of cars every week. I think so. I mean, I think 16 is going to be a lot better than uh, 19. I think, um, you know, I know years ago they used to run over 20 and, and that's great, but I think times have changed. It's just yep. too, uh, too, too time consuming for, for, you know, people that have full-time jobs to make that commitment to be able to do it. So uh, I think 16 is, I know it's only a few less, but it does make it a lot easier on, on the teams. And I think the spacing between the racing, this, the races this year is going to help a lot because last year it got to a point in the season where I don't know if it was seven or eight weeks in a row of, of racing with, you know, some travel involved in there too. It just, it just makes it really difficult. So I think it was a big step in the, in the, you know, I, I um, applaud their efforts to, to fix the schedule. I think it's going to be a lot better than last year's. Looking ahead at the rest of this season, Ron, obviously we got a little bit of time before we get back underway at the end of March, but how do you see kind of the competition level shaping out again this year? I mean, obviously we, we know at least the last couple of years, the championship has just come down to the final race between multiple drivers. You've been a part of that several years, but what, what do you kind of foresee going in as we get, get ready to get really things going in March in terms of, uh, you know, you're going to have to battle Justin Bonsignor, I'm sure, and maybe Doug Kobe and the like uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I would, uh, I think, probably the same usual players if, if a lot of mistakes aren't made. But, um, you know, Justin Bonsignor and the 51 are going to be tough. Austin Beers in the 64, they they ran great last year. And I, I think they'll probably only be a little bit better, you know, they'll only get better uh, with more time together. 
Um, and then it just kind of turns into, you know, who's going to be able to run the, the full schedule. Um, obviously, Doug Kobe and Matt Hirschman, whenever they're there, are threats to win any race and, and would be a threat to win the, the championship if they decide to run the whole thing. But, um, you know, it's it's uh, the long season. A lot of the championship, unfortunately, is just uh, when it comes down to it at the end. I mean, clearly it's about performance, but a lot of it's luck, too. So we got to make sure we work as hard as we can and, and try and make some of our own luck along the way. Final question for you. A little over a month away, the uh, the Modifieds are back on track at the Richmond Raceway in Virginia. Thoughts about going to that high-speed three-quarter mile oval? Yeah, um, I mean, it hasn't been – I haven't had the best results there. I think I've raced there three times and had a couple top tens, but um, really, really wasn't great. Last year, I think, was our best best uh, effort there. We led some laps and got on a weird – tire strategy towards the end and faded to like seventh or so but it was a big improvement for us last year over the previous year so i'm hoping that uh you know we're all hoping that we can improve a little bit more and and be more more competitive there it's uh certainly a great facility to go race at and uh hopefully uh we can try and do a little better and, and fight for a victory well, congratulations, Ron, on the early season success coming off that championship and uh, get some rest. And we can't wait to uh, really get things going here at the end of March at Richmond and the rest of the Wheel of Modified Tour season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. And uh, thanks again, guys, for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Ron Silk, again, winning at New Smyrna to kick off the Wheel of Modified Tour season. We'll see him back in action at Richmond Raceway. All right, we've got a little bit of business to take care of on the flip side of this break. Talking all things Daytona, the wild, crazy finishes in ARCA and the Truck Series. We'll tell you how all your NASCAR regional drivers fare coming up next here on NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. For three decades, Racing Electronics has been the number one choice for scanners, headsets, and all race day communications needs. Racing Electronics provides the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate NASCAR fan. Hear uncensored communication from every team in the race with a scanner from Racing Electronics or tune into the MRN radio broadcast. To learn more, visit RacingElectronics.com today. Be race ready, be RE equipped. will fade to the outside line. He'll fade back to second, but here comes the run. Here comes the draft, and here comes the block. Gustine slides up. He'll throw the block on his teammate. They're bouncing off each other, and it's Finch into the outside wall, and the pack comes apart. One car up into the air, into the fence, and that will be Andres Perez. A dozen cars collected off the end of the back straightaway. Caution flag is out, and here they come, racing back, although under caution, off four. Again, the caution flag is out. The checkered flag is out. And Gustine will get to the line. And Gustine will score the win in the Arca Menard Series here tonight. The Hard Rock Bet 200. Gustine out front when it mattered. And that was the winning call heard on the Motor Racing Network of the Arca 200. Gustine getting the win at what? 1.45 a.m. Eastern time or whatever it was after the Arkham Arts race was postponed or actually moved up due to weather uh, earlier in the week. So, K. Rick, uh, where do we begin with the Hard Rock Bet 200 or whatever you want to call it? Gustine gets the win. We talk about teamwork typically on super speedway racing, but uh, kind of left his teammate Jake Finch out to dry there on the final restart. What would you see? 
he did what he had to do to win at Daytona. Um, started the, it was a, you know obviously an emotional week for Gus. Won at New Smyrna, coming off the loss of his grandfather, and now uh, was in position to to win. You know, on the most notable event of the year for the Arkham and Art Series at Daytona International Speedway, and I think he did what he had to do. Unfortunately, uh, I think most of his teammates of Entrity Motorsports left unhappy with him, including Tony Bridinger, who uh, made contact with him in the uh, opening laps of the event, and unfortunately ended her night along with uh, several others. Uh, the first of many event, many wrecks during the event. So, uh, but for Gus, did what he had to do and was able to get the victory lane, like you mentioned, just shy of 2 a.m. on Saturday morning. That's right. And, and you mentioned the emotional win for Gus, losing his grandfather earlier in the week. But then he goes out and wins at New Smyrna just two days before he has to go yep. on the big track at Daytona. So what a week to pick up two wins. Uh, one at the World Series of Asphalt and the Super Late Model, and of course the Arkham Menard Series. So, um, huge, huge weekend for Gustine. Uh, tough starts though for SVG Shane Van Gisbergen, who again was scheduled to run that race to only basically get cleared to run the Xfinity Series opener. He made it about a handful of laps, maybe, before getting caught up in an incident. Uh, NASCAR said that's fine. We'll we'll look at his body of work and practice, and of course he was able to run the Xfinity Series race. Marco Andretti, also tough run as well in that number 17 machine. It's all about survival. I think those drivers figured out easily that, uh, yeah, it's a battle of attrition when you go to plate races like Daytona. You know, and it's too bad because last year's race saw very minimal caution flags. Uh, it was a very quick race, just one long yellow last year because of fluid on the racetrack. Not a lot of carnage. That went out the door this year. Uh, it was something about that night. Uh, we'll talk about the trucks in a minute. But uh, the Arkham Art Series ran so late, a green flag just shy of midnight, a, a long day leading in, a a very cool racetrack. I know the temperature went down when that front came over the track uh, ahead of the rain on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm not sure if that played into a factor or if it was like you mentioned, a lot of new names like Shane Van Gisbergen and Marco Andretti, a lot of new names in the field to that style of racing. Uh, either way, a tough break for them and a tough break for a lot of drivers uh, leaving with torn up race cars on, on Saturday morning. Torn up race cars, some heated tempers as well. We heard Tony Bridinger in the coming out of the care center was pretty upset with Gustine, her teammate. Going to be an interesting competition meeting over there at Venerini Motorsports Indeed. about how to move forward for the rest of the year. Of course, Tony running full-time as well. Uh, the ladies did did relatively well as well until Amber Balkin got it a little bit mixed up in some incidents as well. So uh, anything else stick out to you in this Arc Menard Series opener this year? What? You just mentioned Amber. Uh, she pitted, I think she said, like 13 times on social media over the course of the night uh, after she was involved in that first wreck in turn number one, uh, trying to avoid it, got some front end damage. It looked like her night was over, and she battled back to finish in the top 10, I believe a ninth place finish with a car that looked like just came out of a 400-lap race at Salem Speedway. So um, good for Amber, and she's running, of course, for the championship. So, so she's in good position uh, heading into uh, the Phoenix Raceway here in a couple of weeks. That's right. So, of course, we'll uh, calm things down a little bit with the Arkham Menard Series. We'll see them back in action here in just a few weeks' time. March the 8th for the General Tire 150 out at Phoenix in that combo event with the ARCA West Series opener. So excited to see that. Okay, you talked about the trucks for a second. That was another interesting event out at Daytona's. The Craftsman Truck Series kicked off their season on Friday night. Uh, Kyle, we had a lot of cautions. A record 12, something that, yes, we go to Daytona. We're expected to see some. It's the big one always happens. But 
you look at Phoenix at the end of last year, going into Daytona this year, it seems like we picked up right where we left off. The aggression level was tenfold. We probably could have had 15 cautions if some of these saves didn't happen, but what do you attribute to that? It just seemed like everybody from the drop of the rag, we saw it the first one on lap six, was just racing like it was the last lap. They were on edge. Those trucks, I mean, I'm watching the tails of those trucks way back and forth in the wind, all the way down the back straightaway, straight as an arrow. And those trucks are all over the place. And I don't know if it's the trucks. I don't know if it's the the inexperience behind the wheel um, because we saw it from even like drivers like Matt Crafton. I mean, he got into some incidents over the course of the night. He hasn't missed a truck race since before these kids were born. But a lot of inexperience. Um, I, I don't know what to attribute it to. You mentioned we saw the same type of event at the phoenix raceway to wrap up last season i can only imagine what we're going to see at atlanta this uh this weekend uh looking back at last year's race at atlanta i think it was a record 11 caution flags there as well so you know it's like how long can these teams continue to tear up race trucks before we really see uh an impact in either the field size or maybe some driver changes um, because something's got to give after, you know, starting off the season with 52 caution laps and a 101 lap event. That's right. And, you know, the guy who won, Nick Sanchez, we'll talk about that here in a minute. 22 years old. He's one of the elder statesmen. I mean, we've got drivers on yeah. here 15, 16, 17 years old. So uh, Nick Sanchez, certainly not exactly the youngest, but he goes out and gets it done. His first career win at Daytona after a last lap, just absolute insane melee on the back straightaway got pushed to the lead and then suddenly looks in his rearview mirror and taylor gray is upside down in his tricon garage toyota sparking a huge crash that will end the race under caution nick sanchez gets his first win of course after going winless last year led like 300 and some laps on his way to rookie of the year couldn't find victory lane but he does it in year two with rev racing at daytona had the pleasure of talking to him earlier this week uh, said it was surreal, but at the same time, didn't celebrate. It was ready to go for for Atlanta. He wants to keep focused and focus on winning a championship. But Kyle, Nick has been somebody we followed the last couple of years moving up through the Arc Menard series. He's a champion in that series as well. Seemed like things are off to a good start, even with a new crew chief in Kevin Bonomanian. Yeah, picked up the championship a couple of years ago in the Arc Menard series, moved to trucks last year. Uh, you mentioned Kevin been around longer than he's been alive uh veteran crew chief at all levels of the sport guiding nick in the right direction on on friday night you're right he was so close so many times last year i think the race at texas stands out where nick led so many laps and got caught up in a in a restart wreck going into turn number one so good to see him in victory lane um like he mentions locked into the playoffs i can't believe i heard the word playoffs on night one of the the 2024 season but it's true you know he's in, in he's the first driver that you know could have a shot at a championship here when that time of the year rolls around and in what is a very short regular season for the trucks so look forward to getting to atlanta this weekend and see how more of those storylines continue to unfold and Nick certainly is a favorite, finished second there last year. He's the opportunity to go 2-0 yeah. and o here as we have a similar style race with the drafting and deal and all that 
out at Atlanta. Raja Carruth, one of our other regional graduates, finishing third in that HendrickCars.com Chevrolet for Spire. Good opportunity for him, but unfortunately sparked that melee when he tried to pull the block. So I know a lot of drivers weren't really happy with that. We saw him actually talk with his mentor, Bubba Wallace, there after the race, but a solid third-place finish for him. Lane Riggs, though, we all the talk about him. You're a former NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly National Champion, moving up full-time with Front Row Motorsports. And it ended prematurely for him in that Ford F-150. Kyle, heartbreak, but uh, what a start to the year, though. Was able to qualify really well, just got caught up in an incident. Yeah, made a lot of noise last year at Indianapolis Raceway Park uh, to begin his NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series career. Really wanted to start his first full-time season, like you mentioned, on the high note, but like so many others, caught up in an incident, and uh, he'll take it on to the Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend as well with that team that has done so well here the last couple of years with Zane Smith behind the wheel, uh, taking that truck uh, to the championship at one point, to the championship four more times than not. So it'll be interesting to see how Lane can continue uh, those results this year. Learned a lot at Daytona. He said he'll be able to apply that at Atlanta coming up on Saturday afternoon. And a quick shout-out to Jesse Love, one of our regional graduates. Of course, our defending Arc Menard Series champion secured the pole for the Xfinity race at Daytona. Unfortunately, put himself in the middle of a three-wide situation and got caught up in an incident, was able to salvage whatever was left of the front end of that race car to at least finish the race, but it was not the turnout Jesse was hoping as far as the finishing position, but looked awfully fast in his debut with Richard Childress Racing. All right, Kyle, before we let you go, Brent Cruz, Matt Hirschman, Ron Silk, Raja Kruth, Nick Sanchez, and even ARCA graduate William Byron. Who's your driver of the week this week, if you could pinpoint who had a stellar performance across speed weeks? Uh, I mean, it's hard to go against Hirschman, but I'm going to go with somebody not on that list. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go with Austin Hill, big country, who found a lot of success years ago in the Arkham Menards East. I remember talking to him on this show, uh, working on his car, uh, car in a barn in Georgia. Um, he has come a long way uh, from the, the Arca East series, moving up through the trucks, and, and now the Xfinity series. Three wins in a row at the season opening event in Daytona with his Richard Childress racing team. Right place, right time, fast race car and a driver that's very comfortable with that style of racing. So uh, when we look at the drivers that we've kind of watched come up through the ladder, a lot of them had success down south this week. I like Austin Hill, though, as uh, my driver of the week. Uh, late night, Sunday night, but was worth it for that uh, that entire race team. Yeah, and I don't know how he did it with the tape all up on that front end of the yeah. race car. was caught up in an early incident. He was the only one that was able to find his way from the back to the front several times and showcase just how good of a speedway racer he is. So, yes, tip of the cap to Mr. Uh, big country himself, Austin Hill. All right, well, that does it for this week's episode here on NASCAR Coast to Coast on Motor Racing Network. Don't forget, MRN is your home for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race number two as we get the regular season really beefed up here in 2024. The FRA 208 from Atlanta Motor Speedway, Saturday, 1.30 p.m. airtime on MRN. Of course, it's a little bit of a coast-to-coast -coast show. Kyle, Ricky, and myself will both be down there as well as part of the motor racing team. So stay tuned for that, Kyle. I cannot wait to see you in three-dimensional for the first time this year. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, trucks always put on a good show at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, we'll be interested to see how that track has changed from a year ago uh, as that track ages, gets the character back. I think the racing will will change just a, a little bit from what we saw with the brand new pavement two years ago and then, then a year ago uh, when it had only a year under its belt. So it'll be interesting. The Freight 208 this Saturday here on MRN. 
That's right. We'll see you there, Kyle. Safe travels to you, my friend. And thank you to all of you at home for watching here on NASCAR Coast to Coast on the Motor Racing Network. For our producer, Pat Jaggers, Kyle Ricky. My name is Chris Wilner. Of course, we'll talk about all of our NASCAR regional action next week. Have a good one, everyone. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.